Well, good morning or afternoon or whenever you're watching this. Pastor Scott Weatherford again. You know what? He was a denier. He was a loser. He was a guy that followed close after Jesus for three years, but when it came time to crunch time, he let a teenage girl intimidate him in front of Caiaphas' house, and he denied Jesus three times. He was a guy that should have been ran off. He sat around a charcoal fire, and people. this girl asked him, aren't you one of them? He said, I didn't know the man. And then around a charcoal fire, the very one he denied accepted him back. At the place he first called him to begin with. Huh. He was a self-inflated scholar, a legend in his own mind, studied at the feet of Gamaliel, was determined to eradicate this new movement of Jesus Christ, even stood in accountability and responsibility for the stoning of a guy named Stephen. And then he encountered the living, loving God on the road to Damascus. And this guy named Paul was soon accepted by the very one he tried to eradicate. She was an adulterer. Caught in the very act. She, by the law, deserved death and ought to be put to death. However, a rabbi from Nazareth told her she was not condemned. She was accepted. Her name? She didn't have one. But it really doesn't matter. The rabbi's name does. It was Jesus. You see, all those folks and many, many more that I could go, have been, I could name, have been accepted by Jesus. And I, I, I could very well be on this list. If they could say one thing, I believe it would be, Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Now, here we are this Sunday after, or this week after Thanksgiving, and just to have this overwhelming thought of, thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you didn't give up on me. Thank you that uh, you overlooked my problems and my flaws, and that you loved me right where I, I am, and you saw what I could be, and thank you for loving me even when I could even love myself. Thank you for accepting me. Thank you. One of the most powerful things that happens in a person's life is when they're accepted. In fact, when they're not accepted, all kinds of disorders happen. Sociopathic, borderline personality, uh, psychopathic, narcissistic. All these dysfunctions form in a person's heart where they're not accepted and loved. And God doesn't want you to live that way. Acceptance is the longing of every human heart. Acceptance is so powerful that the lack of it is so crippling. We need acceptance. We hope for it. We expect it. So I want us to define it. When we conclude the series on giving thanks and thanksgiving, I can think of no better way than conclude with saying thank you to Jesus for accepting me. Thank you for accepting us. Thank you, Jesus. In Romans chapter 8, Paul takes a huge theological turn. And this theological turn, he, he starts building the evidence of God's great work in our souls. And he starts with acceptance, that because we've been accepted by God, all the other promises and power of God, presence of God, the person of God, the permanence of God, and the place of God, all flows from the acceptance of God. So let's lean in and give thanks that we're accepted. 
by a holy God. Father, thank you for what you want to say to us this morning. And I pray that as I speak, as I am a denier, as I'm a destroyer, as I'm a rebellious person who wants to live outside of your law, that you've accepted me. And Father, those that are listening, you're offering them the remembrance of their acceptance or the hope for their acceptance today, that you loved us with that love that will not let us go. So I pray you speak through me and help this word find lodging in our heart and then evidence through our lives. And we pray this in your son's strong name. Amen. Amen. So let's jump right into this. Acceptance of God is with it's with without condition. It is by grace. That God, and we talked about grace in the first talk, and if you missed that, you can go back and archive it and go back and listen because all these talks are available on our YouTube channel. You can listen to these. But this acceptance by grace is powerful. Let me read Romans 8, 1 through 4. Therefore, there is no now con condemnation for those in Christ because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. Now, when he's talking about the law of sin and death, he's talking about the Hebrew law that reveals to you just how sinful you are. That's what the law does. It shows you how sinful you are. The law of the spirit of life shows you how free you could be because he's accepted you and freed you from the power of the law because he set you free by his righteousness. For what the law could not do since it was weakened by the flesh, God did. He condemned sin in the flesh by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh as a sin offering in order that the law's requirement should be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. That we're not held by the sins of the flesh anymore because Jesus has died in the flesh to forgive us, satisfying the wrath of God, paying our sin penalty, and dying in our place that we might live in the righteousness of God. There's no condemnation. Because we've been accepted, we are free from the grip of the power of sin and the power of sinful behavior. Wow. Free. John said it this way. My little children, I'm writing you these things so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He himself is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for our sins, but for those of the whole world. Now there's a fancy theological word here called propitiation, which, what the heck does that mean? It means the one who took our place. Jesus is the one who took our place. And if we do sin, we have an advocate to the Father, Jesus, who said, hey, 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 I took their place. I bore their sins. I'm the one who, to whom they belong. I've accepted them, therefore their sin does not define them. My grace has saved them. Wow. Jesus accepts us as we are, but he doesn't leave us that way. Now, our society wants to say we tolerate people. I want to ask you a question. Do you want to be tolerated or accepted? Do you tolerate or accepted? Now, think about that. When I tolerate people, I keep them at a distance. When I'm accepted, I bring them in close. Man, there's things that I do not agree with in people's lives. So what? So what? I'm supposed to be a person because I've been accepted by God to accept others. The law of Moses, the law of the Hebrews, just revealed to sinfulness. It kind of set the definition of sin. The grace of God makes us right. And we become connected with God through Jesus. Now look at this process, okay? We are justified. Jeremiah looked ahead to God, making us right with him, and he said this. Instead, this is covenant I will make with the house of Israel from these, for those days. 
the Lord's declaration. I will put my teaching within them and write it on their heart. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will one teach his neighbor or his brother saying, Know the Lord, for they will all know me from the greatest to the least to the greatest of them. And this is the Lord's declaration, for I will forgive their iniquity and never again remember their sins. When did that happen? On the cross, when Jesus died, and the tomb, when he rose again? Once and for all, for all mankind. And you said, well, Scott, how can you believe that ancient myth? Because it's not a dead gum ancient myth. It's the evidence of history, more documented than any of the rules of Caesar, the writings of the antiquities, are the rules of the pharaohs. It is true, historically documented, accurate, and launched a movement that eternity will not extinguish. That's why I believe it. The death of Jesus and the resurrection from the grave was the power to defeat our enemy of sin, death, and the grave. Jesus was our substitute. He made the one who do not know sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus took my place of condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus then is making me like him. And I am sure of this. The one who started the good work in you will carry it to completion to the day of Christ Jesus. And we are bound for heaven because of Jesus. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. I am accepted by God without condition because of his grace, and this is what he's done for me. Justified, sanctified, glorified. Justified, made right, sanctified, made like Jesus, glorified to live in the permanence of Jesus in heaven. Wow. So acceptance then causes me to live differently. When I'm accepted, I live differently. I remember the first time I went to uh, my future in-law's house to pick up Tara on a date. Uh, her parents weren't there. His sister was there. She met me. She didn't like me. She was a jerk. Pretty insightful because uh, I probably was a jerk, and, and I, I don't need emails confirming the fact even to today. But anyway, I, I remember feeling awkward. The next time I came, it was I met her mom and dad, and it was a little less awkward. And then the next time I came, and pretty soon I was a family member, and when I asked Tara to marry me, and, and I didn't even have the courage to talk to her dad, Tara told her dad, and her dad came to me, put his arms around me. He said, I couldn't have looked all the world over and found a better husband for my wife than you. I felt accepted. I went from a stranger to a family member. And that's what the acceptance of God does. And then when I went to her house in the future, I did not live as one who was not welcome. I didn't knock on the door. I didn't ask permission to look in the refrigerator. I was a part of the family because I was accepted. I lived differently. Listen to what Paul says in Romans 4 uh, through 13, uh, 8, 4 through 13. In order that the law's requirement should be filled in us and do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh will have their mind set on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit will have their mind set on the things of the Spirit. Now the mindset of the flesh is death. But the mindset of the Spirit is life and peace. The mindset of the flesh is hostile to God because it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it's unable to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ, he doesn't belong to him. Now, if, the, if Christ is in you, the 
The body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit gives, gives life because of righteousness. And the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Then you are raised with Christ from the dead and also bring your mortal body into life through His Spirit who lives in you. So then, brothers and sisters, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh because if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. But if you live by the Spirit to put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Then you read that and say, that is so confusing. Let me kind of help you with that. We're no longer who we once were because of Jesus, because God has accepted us. Now, how do I set my mind and my heart on the things of the Spirit and not according to the flesh? That's where the power of the Holy Spirit comes. The Holy Spirit, and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, he comes to dwell you permanently at the moment of salvation. And this is what he does. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He searches my heart to root out the things that I need to confess and be purified from and for God to reveal to me the brokenness in my life that I need Jesus to fix. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. See if there's any offensive way within me and lead me into the way everlasting, it says in Psalm 139. The Holy Spirit fixes my thoughts. Therefore, since we such as such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and every sin that so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, fixing our thoughts on Jesus, the, the, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy he laid before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, to sit down at the right hand, Father, right hand of the Father. That I can fix my thoughts my eyes on Christ, then this is what the Holy Spirit does. He fills my mind. He searches my heart. He fixes my focus. Then he fills my mind. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any moral excellence, if there's anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Stop looking at the drama and fix your minds on things that are true. And then I could pray without ceasing. What? It says this in 1 Thessalonians. Pray without ceasing. What does that mean? That with a mind, get this, now get this, get this. This is kind of cool. Because I've been accepted by God and the Holy Spirit lives in me, I have a, a heart that's been searched, thoughts have been fixed, a mind that has been focused, and I can focus on Jesus in prayer without ceasing. The Holy Spirit is living in you and living in me. And this is what he does for you, those things. And he does more, but there's more. He convicts me of sin. He guides me. He empowers me. He corrects me. He comforts me. He saves me. And he preserves me from heaven. That's what he does. But I also have to remember the Holy Spirit can be grieved. I can grieve the Holy Spirit by my disobedience and my resistance. And you know what he does when I'm grieved? He corrects. And he guides me back to himself. He can be tested. He can be resisted. And he can be blasphemed. You know, I hear people talk about the unpardonable sin. Do you hear about that? The unpardonable sin. The sin that God cannot forgive. Let me tell you what it is, okay? Rejecting Jesus as Lord is the only sin that God will not forgive. Every other sin, he removes as far as the east is from the west, throws them in the depths of the sea, remembers them no more. The only sin that he will not forgive <coughs> is rejecting Jesus as Lord. So don't do it. Get yourself saved. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, resulting in righteousness. 
that I no longer belong to me, I belong to God. And when I belong to God, I can live my best life. I don't have to be me. I can be like Jesus. I hear people say, well, you just do you. Please don't do just you. Please do Jesus and live like him. Do you is a train wreck. Do you, being like Jesus, is the hope of the world. I'm accepted as a son and a daughter. Let me conclude this with these thoughts. For those who are led by the Spirit, God's Spirit, are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received a spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Daddy, Father. The Spirit himself testifies together with our spirits that we are children of God. And this is the truth of God. God secures you. He holds you. He reminds you. I want you to go back to the place you first believed. I want you to go back and remember that God has saved you. I want you to go back and think, I'm a child of God. I'm no longer mine, but I, I belong to God. And he, I, I could call him daddy. I have a God who's a father, who loves me and cares for me. And he's investing in me and is holding me. It will never leave me. My life is different. This powerful truth that changes the way I think and it changes the way I love, and it changes the way I live. I am a child of God. Your mind will not allow you to think this way. This is why the Holy Spirit gives you this truth, so you can believe in that truth, then you can have the mind of Christ. You can have a transformed mind, the mind of Christ. The Holy Spirit affirms the fact that I belong to Him. You know what? The Holy Spirit affirms the fact that we belong to each other. A community and faith called the church. Even if you're watching online, you belong to us. And we belong to you in the family of faith. And you have the deepest relationship you can ever have with the Holy God through Christ, calling God Father, Daddy. Daddy. You see, I once was a denier. I once was a disaster. I once was a liar. I once was a broken, dumpster fire mess. But now I'm a child of God. I was once unacceptable. And now I'm accepted by the loving, powerful, all-knowing God. What grace, what goodness... What a life to live all for Jesus out of gratitude. So I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to give thanks because God has accepted me. What about you? Whoever you are, whatever you've done, come home. Jesus loves you. He's not looking at your past. He's looking at your present. And he's longing for your future to be found in him. Get yourself saved. Be reminded you belong to him. Take your next step spiritually. Don't live like you are. Live all for Jesus for his glory. And we'll give thanks. Next week, we start a new series. We'll start about the names of Jesus at Christmas. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Lord of Righteousness, Emmanuel, God with us. Get ready to tune in, but you know what? Deal with it now. You're accepted by God, so live that way. Father, I thank you for what we've heard and seen and felt today, and I thank you for this truth. And I pray, Father, if someone listening, and I, I suspect there is, who've never trusted you, today will be the day they'll get themselves saved. That through the woo of your Holy Spirit, as you're drawing them even now, 
that they'll respond and say, Jesus, I'm yours. I accept you because you've accepted me. And I thank you that you're not judging me, but you're forgiving me and freeing me and saving me because I'm believing in you. Father, I pray that we'll all remember that. We belong to one another and that we can live a life accepting each other, not in tolerance, but in hope, to be the hope of the world. Thank you, Jesus, and I pray this in your name. Amen. It's typical you're going to listen to a closing song, and during that song, if you trusted Christ, let us send you a gift. If you're a first-timer or you're brand new, then let us send you a T-shirt. We'd love to send you a T-shirt. It says Wimberley on the front of it, our logo on the shoulder. We'd love to send that to you. Maybe there's other things we could do for you. Let us know. Take your next next steps. We have our online curriculum that's available, content's available. We're continually producing uh, availability. We, we'll send you scriptures every day. We'll, we'll, we have other content that we download on Friday that we want you to have so that your life may be built all for Jesus. Because we exist to build lives all for Jesus. So God bless you. I hope this helps. And I'll see you next week when I'll say Merry Christmas. God bless you. I hope this has helped.